Section 47 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anthony Viola. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1, Mammals, by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor. The Antelopes, by F. C. Sellis. Coming now to the sable antelope group, we find an assemblage of antelopes which are all of large sizes and handsome appearance, and in all of which both the males and females are horned. With the single exception of the Beatrix oryx, which inhabits Arabia, all these antelopes are denizens of Africa. One species of the group, the blue buck, which appears to have been entirely confined to the mountainous districts of the Cape Peninsula, became extinct during the first decade of the last century. Little is known as to the life history of this animal, but it was undoubtedly nearly allied to the larger and more handsomely marked roan antelope. This latter animal once had a more extensive range than any other antelope, as it was found in almost every part of Africa south of the Sahara, with the exception of the Congo forest region. It has now been exterminated in the more southerly portions of the country, but from the Limpopo to the upper Nile, and thence to the Niger, it is still to be found wherever the surroundings are suitable to its requirements. A large bull roan antelope will stand four feet nine inches at the withers. The general color of the body differs in individuals, even in the same district, varying from a very light shade of brown to dark gray or red roan. The front and sides of the face are jet black in the adult male, and dark reddish brown in the female, with two long white tufts of hair under the eyes. The muzzle and extremity of the lower jaw are white. The hair on the underside of the neck is long and coarse, and the stiff mane about three inches in length runs from behind the ears to the withers. The ears are very long, and in the females and young males tuft. The horns are curved backwards, and in the male are very stout and strong, attaining a length of from 26 to 34 inches. In the female the horns are shorter and slighter, and not so strongly ringed. Roan antelope are usually met with in small herds of from six to a dozen members, and never congregate in large numbers. I do not think I have ever counted as many as thirty together. I have found them fairly common in certain districts, but nowhere very plentiful. They frequent open plains and thinly forested country, and are never found far away from the water. Bucks often become savage when wounded, and will sometimes charge viciously if approached incautiously. They can use their horns with great dexterity, and play havoc with the pack of dogs. The sable antelope, though considerably smaller than the roan, is yet a handsomer animal, in color, the adult male, when in high condition, is jet black all over with the exception of the white face markings and the snow white of the belly and insides of the thighs. The mane is longer and more bushy than in the roan antelope, and often hangs down on either side over the withers. The horns, too, are much finer, and, sweeping backwards in a bold curve, are commonly upwards of 42 inches long, and have been known to reach 50 inches. The striking color, large size, and horns of this creature make it one of the most prized trophies of the sportsman. The skin, when prepared and laid down as a rug in halls or dwelling rooms, is far more handsome than that of any deer. The female of this species is usually of a rich red-brown in color instead of black as in the male. South of the Zambesi, however, old cows become almost absolutely black. North of the Zambesi, both male and female sable antelopes are dark red in color rather than black. The horns in the female are slighter and less curved than in the male, and are also considerably shorter, as a rule not measuring over 30 inches in length. 
the range of the sable antelope extends from the northern districts of the transvaal to german east africa in the country between the limpopo and the central zambesi it used to be a very common animal especially in the northern districts of mashanaland it is partial to open forests intersected by grassy well-watered glades and is never found on open plains entirely devoid of bush it is usually met with in herds of from twelve to twenty individuals but i have often seen as many as fifty and once counted between seventy and eighty together however large a herd of sable antelopes may be it is very exceptional to find with it more than one fully adult male from which fact i should judge that these animals are of a very jealous and pugnacious disposition when wounded and brought to bay by dogs a sable antelope defends itself with the utmost fury using its long scimitar-shaped horns with most wonderful quickness and dexterity if badly wounded it will lie down otherwise it fights standing keeping its face to some of its foes with the sideways twist of its head it will transfix and throw into the air any dog which attempts to attack it from behind i have seen a wounded sable antelope when lying down drive one of its horns clean through a large dog deep into its own haunch and I have had four valuable hounds killed and four others grievously wounded by one of these animals in less than a minute. I once knew a native hunter who was stabbed through the kidneys and killed by a sable antelope cow. The nearest allies of the sable and roan antelopes are the various species of the genus Oryx. In this group are included the white Oryx, which inhabits the desert regions of the interior of northern Africa, from Dongola to Senegal, the Beatrix Oryx of southern Arabia, the Gems Buck of southwestern Africa, the Besa, which is found in northeast Africa from Suakim southwards to the river Tana, and the Tufted Besa, which is very nearly related to the last-named species, whose place it takes south of the Tana River in certain districts of British and German East Africa. In general appearance, there is a strong family resemblance between the different species of oryx. In all of them, both sexes carry horns, which are considerably longer, though somewhat slighter in the females than in the males. In the white oryx, the horns are curved backwards, but in the other four species they are straight, or nearly so. In all, the faces are conspicuously banded with black and white, and the tails long, with large dark terminal brushes. The two most desert-loving species, the white and the Beatrix oryx, are paler in general body color than the other three, and the latter animal is considerably smaller than any other member of the group, standing not more than thirty-five inches at the withers. The gemsbuck is the largest and undoubtedly the handsomest of the group, standing four feet at the shoulders. The horns of the females are often upwards of forty inches long, and have been known to attain a length of forty-eight inches. In habits, all species of oryx seem to be very similar. They are denizens of the arid, sun-scorched plains of Africa, which are not necessarily devoid of all kind of vegetation, but are often covered with stunted bush, and carry a plentiful crop of coarse grass after rain. Oryx usually run in herds of from four or five to fifteen or twenty, though the basia, the most abundant of the group, has been met with in troops numbering four hundred or five hundred head. All the oryx are shy and wary, and in the open country they usually frequent are difficult to approach on foot. If pursued on horseback, they run at a steady gallop, which they can maintain for long distances, swinging their bushy black tails from side to side, and holding their heads in such a way that their long straight horns are only sloped slightly backwards. Fleet and enduring, however, as oryx undoubtedly are, I am of opinion that in these respects the Jim's buck of South Africa, at any rate, is inferior to all other large antelopes living in the same country, with the single exception of the eland. I have often, when mounted on a fast horse, galloped right up to the herds of Jim's buck, and on two occasions, 
have run antelopes of this species to an absolute standstill. Oryx of all species should be approached with caution when badly wounded, as they are liable to make short rushes, and can use their horns with great effect. Nearly related to the antelopes of the oryx group in many essential characteristics, yet at once distinguishable by its spiral horns and broad reindeer-like feet, the desert-haunting attics has been placed in a separate genus, of which it is the sole representative. This remarkable animal stands about 38 inches in height at the withers, and varies in general color at different seasons of the year, from brownish-gray to a reddish hue. The forehead is covered with a thick growth of bushy black hair, beneath which there is a patch of white extending across the nose to under the eyes. The hindquarters, tail, and legs are white. The horns are spiral, and are present in both sexes. In the male they attain a length of about 28 inches in a straight line, and almost 36 inches following the spiral. In the female they are thinner and less spirally curved. The attics is confined to the desert regions of northern Africa from Dongola to Senegal, and the broad rounded hoofs, so unlike those of any other antelope, would seem to show that it inhabits countries where the soil is deep, soft sand. Very little is known of the life history or habits of this antelope. It is said to associate in pairs or small herds, and to be entirely independent of water, though it travels great distances over the desert in the track of thunderstorms for the sake of the young herbage which grows so quickly wherever rain falls in those thirsty regions. It is killed in considerable numbers by the Arabs for the sake of its flesh and hide, and is either stalked or hunted on horseback, with the help of greyhounds, by Europeans. The last of the subfamilies into which modern naturalists have divided the antelopes of the world comprises some of the handsomest species of the whole group, and includes the largest of all antelopes, the eland, as well as such small and beautifully marked creatures as the harnessed bushbucks. With one exception, the nilgai, all the members of this subfamily are denizens of the great African continent. The nilgai, or blue bull, is an inhabitant of India, and is found throughout the greater portion of the peninsula, from the base of the Himalaya to the south of Mysore. It is an animal of large size, standing about four feet six inches at the shoulder. In general color, the male is of a dark iron gray, the female tawny fawn. White spots on the cheeks and just above the hoofs on the fore and hind feet are the outward signs of its affinity to the African harnessed antelopes. The male alone carries horns, which are nearly straight and very small for the size of the animal, rarely exceeding nine inches in length. Passing now to the harnessed antelopes of Africa, our attention is first claimed by the bushbucks. Excluding the inyala and the broad-horned antelope, we find several forms of the smaller bushbucks recognized by naturalists. The harnessed antelope of the forest regions of western Africa, the Cape bushbuck of South Africa, Cummings bushbuck of eastern Africa, and the Decula bushbuck of Abyssinia. The various forms of bushbuck vary in general color from very dark brown to various shades of gray-brown, yellow-brown, and rich red. In all species, the young are more or less striped and spotted, but whereas in some forms the adult animals lose their stripes and spots almost entirely, in others the adults are more richly marked than immature specimens. For my part, I am inclined to believe that, if large series of bushbuck skins were collected from every district throughout Africa, it would be found that all the varieties of this animal at present accepted as distinct species will be found to grade into one another in such a way that only one true species could be recognized. The bushbucks vary in height at the shoulder from 28 inches to 33 inches, and only the males carry horns, which are nearly straight, with a close spiral twist, and measure in adult animals from 10 inches to 18 inches in length. Bushbucks are not found in open country, but live in forest or thick bush near the bank of a river, stream, or lake, 
and are never met with far from water. They are very partial to wooded ravines amongst broken, mountainous country, provided such districts are well watered, and are very solitary in their habits, both males and females being usually found alone, though the latter are often accompanied by a kid or half-grown animal. They are shy and retiring, and should be looked for between daylight and sunrise, or late in the evening, as they are very nocturnal in their habits, and lie concealed in long grass or thick bush during the heat of the day. Their call resembles the bark of a dog, and may often be heard at nights. The broad-horned antelope is only found in the forests of the West African coast range from Liberia to Gaboon. The male of this species is a very handsome animal, standing about 43 inches at the withers, and is a bright chestnut red in general color, with the white spinal stripe extending from the withers to the root of the tail, in 14 or 15 white stripes on the shoulders, flanks, and hindquarters. The ears are large and rounded, and the horns very massive, and about 30 inches in length, measured over the single spiral twist. There are two or three large white spots on the cheeks, and a broad white arrow-shaped mark across the nose, below the eyes. The female is similar in coloration to the male, but smaller and hornless. Little or nothing is known as to the habits of this very beautiful antelope. Du Chelu, who met with it in the interior of Gaboon between 1856 and 1859, says that it is very shy, swift of foot, and exceedingly graceful in its motions, but he does not tell us whether it lives in pairs like the bushbucks, or in small herds like some of its other near allies. The Inyala is another bush-loving antelope closely allied to the bushbucks. In this species, the general color of the adult male is a deep, dark gray, that of the female and young male bright yellow-red, and both sexes are beautifully striped with narrow white bands on the body and haunches. In the male, long dark hair hangs from the throat, chest, and each side of the belly, and fringes the front of the thigh almost to the hock, and the back of it up to the root of the tail. The ears are large and rounded, and the horns, which are only present in the male, attain a length of about two feet in a straight line, and thirty inches along their spiral curve. The standing height at the shoulder of males of this species is about forty-two inches. This most beautiful antelope has a very restricted range, being only found in a narrow belt of coastland extending from St. Lucia Bay to the Sabi River, in southeast Africa, and in a still smaller area in the neighborhood of the upper Shiri River, in British Central Africa. Before the acquisition of firearms by the natives in southeast Africa, the Inyala was very plentiful in northern Zululand and Amatongaland, and was then to be met with in herds of from ten to twenty individuals, whilst the males, which at certain seasons of the year separated from the females, were in the habit of consorting together in bands of from five to eight. Constant persecution by the natives in Amatongaland and the countries farther north very much reduced the numbers of Inyalas in those districts a long time ago, but in Zululand, where this animal has been strictly protected by the British authorities for the last twenty years, it was still plentiful up to 1896, when the rinderpest swept over the country, and committed such sad ravages amongst all the tragelophene antelopes that it is to be feared the Inyala can now no longer be found anywhere in any considerable numbers. Where I met with these antelopes some years ago, in the country to the south of Delago Bay, I found them living either alone or in pairs like bushbucks. They frequented dense thickets in the immediate neighborhood of a river or lagoon, and I never saw one in anything like open country or far away from water. Their track showed me that at night they were accustomed to feed in open spaces in the bush, but they always retired to the jungle again at daylight, as they had become very wary and cunning through constant persecution at the hands of the natives. Closely allied to the bush antelopes of the present group are the swamp-haunting Sidatungas. 
Three species of these have been described, one from East Africa, named after Captain Speak, another from tropical West Africa, and a third from Lake Nagami and the Chobe River, named after the present writer. There is very little difference between the adult males of these three species, except that in the West African form the coat is of a darker color than in the other two. The main difference consists in the fact that, whereas the female of Celis's Cetatunga is light brown in color like the male, and the newly born young are very dark blackish brown, the color of a mole, beautifully striped and spotted with pale yellow, the female and young of the other two forms are red in ground color, with white spots and stripes. However, personally I am of opinion that there is only one true species of Cetatunga in all Africa, and that the differences between the various forms are superficial, and will be found to grade one into the other if a sufficiently large series of skins of all ages in both sexes could be gathered together from all parts of the continent. In the Barazzi Valley, on the upper Zambesi, my friend Major R. T. Corden informs me that both red and brown female Cetatungas are met with. On the lower Chobe and Lake Nagami region, the females are never red, but always of the same brown color as the males, whilst on the Congo, all the females are red. The male Cetatunga stands about 3 feet 6 inches at the shoulder, and varies in general color in different localities from light to dark brown. The adult females are either red with a few faint stripes and spots, or light brown, only retaining very faint traces of any stripes or spots. The young are, both in tropical West and Central East Africa, red, striped, and spotted with white, but in Southwest Africa dark blackish brown, with spots and stripes of yellowish white. The hoofs are excessively long, and the skin which covers the back of the pastern is hairless, and of a very thick and horny consistency. The males alone carry horns, which are of the same character as in the Nyala, but more spiral and longer, having been known to attain a length of 28 inches in a straight line and 35 inches over the curve. The Sidatunga is an inhabitant of the extensive swamps which exist in many parts of the interior of Africa. It may be said to live in the water, as it passes its life in flooded beds of reeds and papyrus, into the muddy bottoms of which its long hoofs, when splayed out, prevent it from sinking. When forced out into dry ground by heavy floods, the formation of its feet so hinders it in running that it can be overtaken and speared by a native on foot. I was informed by the natives on the Chubby River that, when the floods enabled them to paddle their canoes through the reed beds, they often killed considerable numbers of the Cetatungas. These animals, they said, when they saw a canoe approaching, would often not attempt to seek safety by flight, but would sink down in the water, submerging their whole bodies, and leaving only their nostrils above the surface, and in this position were easily speared. The Cetatunga is not gregarious, but is met with singly or in pairs. The hair is long, but soft and silky, and the skins are much sought after by the natives for blankets. End of section 47 Recording by Anthony Viola